Welcome to a special edition of Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. It's a huge wrestling news day, so we brought together quite the A-team of uh, panelists for today. We got the V-Squad here. We got Vic Delicious, and we got Vaughn Johnson with us. Uh, gentlemen, thanks uh, so much for joining me. Um, let's get right to it. So the rights for Raw, not necessarily Monday Night Raw, but Raw... Mm. We're uh, are moving to Netflix starting January 2025. It's a 10-year deal worth $5 billion, which just, just gobsmacking money. Uh, so I'm going to start with uh, Vic, uh, active pro wrestler, great analyst. What was your first reaction upon seeing that Raw is moving to Netflix? My The first words out of my mouth were, that's a game changer. Uh, it changes everything. It changes how uh, my first thought was advertising. You know, what's what's going to go on with advertising? Will there be commercials? Does commercials work the same? How is that all going to work? You know, a million questions just start coming in about how the product will be produced, the opportunities that are there for more content, the opportunities that are there to distribute uh, to such a wider audience. You know, WWE right now on the USA Network, they have 74 million uh, they're in 74 million homes. Netflix has 77 million subscribers. So that move right there just automatically puts them in more homes than USA Network had them in to start with. So it's going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, switch with viewing habits. I think that convincing a certain generation that their um, entire viewing has to be done through this um new app and like this this live streaming thing uh, i know a lot of people that are very resistant to it that are of a previous generation and it's one of those things that throughout the next 365 days the wwe and netflix are going to be doing their best to convince everybody to switch over to netflix get their subscription going get familiar with it and how their live presentation of sports is really going to look and how it's going to be. Um, so those are my initial, initial first thoughts. Vaughn. And you met, and you mentioned about Netflix subscriptions. I will let the uh, listeners know, I believe that I am actually the last person on earth without <laughs> a Netflix subscription. So I guess I have a little bit of time to get used to it myself. Anytime I've used it, I've used somebody else's login. So I guess <laughs> those sure days... they're going to put de- cut down on that because there's I think a they, lot. They already, they already are. I was going to say that, Vaughn. Um, and then, you know, it's just... Uh, Vaughn, your initial reaction to this too. I feel like WWE has been in this situation before because when they switched over to the WWE network, that was a big sea change for people who wanted to be able to watch pay-per-views too. So your, your initial uh, thoughts on uh, the move today and uh, just, uh, and just that. Yeah. I mean, it, some surprise and, in, in some in areas, not that surprised. I mean, a surprise in that WWE took this big of a leap to giving its flagship show to a streaming platform week after week. Uh, live, I would assume, week after week. That's a big leap, but it's a leap that has been a long time coming when you look at the way television operates these days. We just had an NFL playoff game that was exclusive to Peacock, which is also in business with WWE. And it drew, it generated 23 million viewers, which is like the, apparently, according to NBC, the most streamed uh, television show in the history of the country, according to NBC. So it paid dividends for them. 
Uh, it only cost them $110 million to, to, to get the game, but we're leaning in that direction. I, I would, NFL is also in bed with Amazon. They have all of the Thursday night games that's exclusive to that streaming platform. WWE, like you said, 10 years ago, almost, I think 10 years ago, next month, started the WWE Network. And at that time, it was a game changer. Like you said, it was a step forward. And all of a sudden, every promotion out there started popping up with their own streaming platforms. So as much as it's like, it's a surprise to see Raw go in this direction, especially because it's been 30 years. It's an institution on cable television. Every Monday night, you're going to see Monday Night Raw. And now it won't be on cable televisions, only on streaming platforms. And yeah, it's it's a decision. Not It's not about the accessibility of the platform. I mean, even though there are over 200 million people who subscribe to Netflix, I believe the exact number is 274. Um, but they don't care. They're, they're taking the money. And they were forcing people to adapt, essentially. It's just like what happened a couple of weeks ago with the NFL wildcard playoff game, where there were a lot of complaints. There were a lot of people who were not on board with an NFL game, an NFL playoff game being exclusively on a streaming platform where there's a lot of people, like Vic said, there's a lot of people from a previous generation who aren't up to date with the technology, or there are those who just don't have the resources, don't have the means to have access to the technology. They're seemingly not concerned about it, or they they believe that they can get enough people to convert to make it worth their while, make it you know get a nice return on on their investment, so to speak. I do have the same uh, thoughts and concerns as far as advertising. Netflix do has uh, I think either already has or will launch a uh, paid tier or an ad free tier. Uh, so that means there will be a tier with ads. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but. Um, yeah, just some surprise, but not a massive surprise, given just the climate we're living in right now uh, with all these streaming platforms trying to get as much live content as possible, because that's where the money is. That's where the, that's where the viewership comes in is with live, especially live sports. And these networks have thrown billions of dollars around in the past to these leagues to to, to get keep maintain their exclusivity to the live sports. But the streaming platforms slowly but surely have been encroaching on that territory, so to speak. Uh, bad news for cable, but you know, good news if you're a Netflix subscriber and you don't have a cable subscription. There's a lot of people like that out there as well who've already cut the cord, so they're happy as well. So it's 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 a lot of uh, I'm sure a lot of strong reactions from both sides on this. I'm going to go the uh, Jesse Ventura route here and say, you know, 74 million in two, me and you, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to sign up at some point apparently. Um, and I'll go you one better on the. Uh, Monday nights, you know, for the last for 31 years now, since 1993, January. But Monday night has actually been a destination day for WWE and WWE's predecessors longer than that, because primetime wrestling aired since 1985 prior to that. And Monday night for people who've been watching for a really, really long time was the night that Madison Square Garden would have its monthly WWF and then WWF cards yeah. from the 70s forward. So Monday night, if it ends up not being a wrestling night, is for the WWE pretty crazy. Let, let's recap a little bit too, which other contracts are kind of uh, moving around here for WWE over the next year. So Raw to Netflix, starting January 2025, it's a little unclear what's going to happen between September of 2024 and January of 2025 right now, because they don't actually have a contract that covers that time frame yet. Yep. I don't think they're going to have a problem finding one. 
because someone will just do it. <laughs> Even if it's a three month thing, the CW will be like, Hey, we'll do it. Um, somebody will pick that up. Even if it's just USA jumping in and doing it too. Um, SmackDown in September of 2024 is moving. They're sticking with NBC universal WWE and moving SmackDown to USA network. NXT in fall of 24 is moving from USA to the CW. And then the other big piece of the puzzle that they still need to figure out is that the, well, there's actually two in my view, you got Peacock three, actually Peacock deal is up at the end of 2020 late 2025. But then also if they want to separate that out and do a separate deal for the pay-per-views and make them pay-per-views again, kind of like the UFC does it with ESPN plus they could do that. So that's another piece of the puzzle. They still need to figure out. And then the next one for me too, and I'd like to know where this is going is the next day rights right now for WWE programming are actually on Hulu. So yep. I can't imagine a world where Netflix would be first day and Hulu would be second day. So that's probably <laughs> going to be out there too. And a lot of people do watch the next day stuff on Hulu. I know a number of people who do that. The raw version on Hulu though is a truncated 90 minute version, not the full three hours. So I don't know. Hopefully the, version we get on Netflix on demand is not 90 minutes because there's a lot that gets cut out of there uh, on the 90 minute version of that. So that's kind of where everything is moving around for WWE. How does this affect everybody downstream? Do you think Vic? Well, I feel it's really important to think about what you just went through right there and how the WWE has strategically placed themselves on broadcast television on or network television on cable television on streaming platform uh tko brand now is a media conglomerate and it's there's no denying that fact the wwe with their production has the ability to recap all of their shows on every show that they have so you could be watching the cw and still get up to date on what's happening on SmackDown and Monday Night Raw. So I really feel it's important to remember that WWE is not getting out of the cable television or even the broadcast television business. Um, they're just expanding their reach and moving along with how society and viewing habits are all moving along with them as well. You know, downstream, I think it offers um, in the immediate time, it offers an opportunity for an emerging wrestling company or a wrestling company that is currently on television to make more of an impact on television. There'll be a night that's gonna be opened up on television that will have an opportunity to have a live television show that wasn't there before necessarily. Um, and it you know provides a lot, of, a lot of opportunities when it comes to the apps and content being created and being released. You know, a lot of times this stuff has been released on YouTube and we don't haven't even talked about where that even factors into the equation here um especially with the rights and what people do with the copyright and all of the the stuff is already loaded on youtube literally a minute after a segment is done on raw the wwe channel has it right up on youtube so um you know how that all factors into what what gets released and stuff just at one point just was released on you know uh youtube or maybe on the peacock app and now to be you could you could have your shows and be put on netflix and the opportunity to create stuff and expand the stories and uh con character 
create with like really in-depth multifaceted stories and the cinematic universe and animation and there's just literally the the opportunities are endless and now with the money coming in with uh the wrestling world having an idea that netflix money is out there and there's other streaming platforms that are going to want to get into this live wrestling business potentially um it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan to be very honest with you you know the ovw documentary on netflix you have to wonder if that was in any way a dipping of the toes in the mm. um the the casual fan uh waters to see who would who would um you know grab that fish hook and jump in on the characters and who they fell in love with there so you know we don't know how much of that has been going on and planning in the strategic stages all along here so um you know it's a crazy time for sure and then, too, on that, you know, who else they were negotiating with? Apple TV Plus had uh, somebody we're going to have on the show soon, too, Danny Cage and his Monster Factory series on there, too. So they might have also been doing the exact same thing, kind of testing the waters a little bit to see what wrestling content would uh, would look like over there. Vaughn, I know that Tony Khan has said repeatedly that he would not compete with the NFL. Um, but if Monday night comes open and WWE leaves Monday night uh, completely, not even anything at all on Mondays. Shouldn't that be like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's time to kind of maybe reevaluate which days of the week you're on. Yeah. Especially for uh collision, which is on Saturday, which is just not an ideal night. But right. at the same time, Monday isn't tremendous. Cause again, you got Monday night football, but think about Monday night football and they're starting to change this now with the NFL, but they always, they haven't always had the best matchups on Monday night. So there are times where you get, a stinker of a Monday night game and raw could probably hold up against it because nobody's really watching the Monday night game, but the NFL starting this year and it happened this year, they are flexing games onto Monday night now. And it happened earlier this year with the Eagles and Seahawks. And I remember a lot of Eagles fans were upset because the game got moved back a day and affected a lot of travel plans. Again, NFL doesn't care. They're going to try to get the best time slot for their games. So you, you're going to face even stiffer competition if you're AEW, if AEW were yeah. to go to Monday night. But that's again, that's seasonal. So yep. you have the rest of the year to, you know, like WWE does, they do pretty well the rest of the year outside of football season. So for me, if I'm Tony Khan, I am looking for Monday night because collision on Saturday is just, it's just not going to cut it for long term. Yeah. Uh, and you have a lot of competition on Saturdays too with college football. So to me, yeah, I'd be looking for that. Now, and it, there's a there's a thing of habit too that fans have. They look for wrestling on Monday nights, so right. they might find you. And maybe they'll take a step back and say, "Hey, this ain't Raw. What is this?" But <laughs> maybe they'll maybe their interest will be peaked because it's something different. So, but yeah, I, if I'm Tony Khan, if I'm AW, I'm definitely hitting up Warner Brothers Discovery and saying, "Like, hey, can we work something out to get Collision off of Saturdays and onto Mondays?" And that could be our spot now. And there's two things to think about there, too. One on the football side, uh, NFL kind of flooded the zone on Mondays a lot this year. They put the Manning cast over on ESPN2. Some weeks they had two games, specifically during the SAG strike. They were doing one game on ABC, one game on ESPN, or a back-to-back deal of two games on a Monday night, too. So there's a number of – like, the NFL is going to adjust depending on what the market is, too. The other thing that WBD has to worry about right now – is that the NBA contract is still out there and they need to figure out where they fit in with getting the NBA rights. What will that look like? Will it be more 
streaming? Will it be more TV? We don't know all of that yet either. So there's still a lot of moving parts here, um, even after today, which is wild. But uh, getting to the other big news of today uh, is that uh, TKO, they made an appointment to their board of directors, and it was uh, Brad Keywell. No, oh, it wasn't Brad Keywell. Well, it was Brad Keywell. Like he got to be the other guy that was on their board of directors. The the real guy was The Rock. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> I, found that, I found that funny when I saw the Brad Keywell appointment too. It was like, come on, like you're gonna do that at the same it's time. Like Jinder Mahal coming out. It was. It, he kind of was. Yeah, <laughs> and he did a great job with that too. I actually really awesome. enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed what he did there. But uh, getting Dwayne Johnson on this board at TKO now. I would start with Vic. Just how wild is that? Man, when you think about the story of him and how far this whole thing has come and where The Rock is in all things and all places in the world right now, you know, this man has himself positioned in such a way that he is pop culture. He is everything that is going on. Like, he's got ownership in a water company, tequila company, uh, the XFL merging with the USFL. There's now he's on the board of directors with the biggest media conglomerate in, in all of uh, fighting sports. Like it's, it's incredible. And when you really read through uh, what he got in this deal and the deal that was made, you cannot be anything other than um I don't envious isn't necessarily the word, but in awe of his ability to get the kind of deal that he did, you know, the, the rock got, he got the rights to his name, all of his intellectual property, uh, all of the, all of the money he's been getting from WWE for uh, royalties and things like that. And we'll get them all the way down the line and anything that has to do with his character and likeness uh, forever. And until the end of time, like uh, it is, an unbelievable deal that he has done here as well as his knowledge and expertise with the, his family and his history and his um his wrestling prowess and all of that stuff being brought to that board of directors um the triple h putting out the congratulations and welcome to the team you know showing that synergy right there um it's a powerful duo in, in sports too to think about all of that and how these guys are all working together to put together something really awesome. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming, but it's pretty cool, and it definitely, uh, as well as the first announcement, announcement changes the game. And uh, it's four generations for his family, specifically in this company too. Uh, High Chief Peter Maivia, his grandfather, his father Rocky Johnson himself, and then Ava, who's currently an active wrestler with NXT, his daughter, so uh, whose name is actually Simone Johnson, but everybody gets their name changed to WWE <laughs> because they like to own the IP. So um, it's Vaughn. What do you? What do you? I mean, like we got The Rock and Triple H potentially with more probably power than Vince McMahon now, <laughs> even though Vince McMahon is technically the executive chairman of that board. He's been sort of marginalized to a, to a certain extent by Ari Emanuel in his early days of, of leading the TKO group. However, they keep saying that like Vince is working on bigger stuff. We need him working on the big picture stuff because we don't need him getting into the weeds. <laughs> Get him away WWE. from that. Right. <laughs> but the WWE brands seem to be thriving creatively without him. 
Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that's something a lot of people saw coming anyway, but in regards to the rock and triple H 10 year old me who grew up watching them feud in 2000, <laughs> uh, especially at backlash is having a, a trip right now because it's like, they're on the same side. They're the real two man power trip, not triple H and Steve Austin It's triple H and the rock. That's crazy. But, uh, that's awesome. and, and as Vic said, the rock getting his, the, the, the name, the rock and being able to use that and getting ownership of that. That's huge. Really cashed out with that because obviously that's, what made him into the star that he is being known as the rock. Um, and also it really, the rock being on the board of TKO really hints to me that he's going to be not just involved with WWE in some way or shape or form on screen, you know, in the short term, but maybe consistently in the future because he's a part of the company. So whenever they need a big bump in ratings, they can just throw, throw the rock out there maybe. Um, and apparently he went on first take and talked about Roman Reigns a lot which I know got a lot of speculation going on social media, but as to what's going to happen at WrestleMania, but yeah, it's, it's definitely massive news uh, and very intriguing. And it's just, you know, uh, more power to the rock, man. He, he worked hard for it and he's the biggest name in Hollywood after all these years. It's a big gift at TKO. It's a big deal for the rock. Obviously he's got a lot going on too, by the way, he's got a football league. He's starting up in a couple <laughs> of months uh, called the UFL that just merged with the USFL, the XFL, USFL merger. So he's got that going. Uh, he's got a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire right now. He's got Maybe a lot a WrestleMania of match. Right. So yeah, we got TKO. <laughs> we got the UFL football league. It's going to launch around WrestleMania. I believe. I've heard and that young was, rock isn't done yet either necessarily. That's still going. So yeah, the, the homie, homie's working. He's, he's booked and busy as they say, uh-huh. uh, is, is that, is that brother Dwayne Johnson. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's huge. Obviously, it can't be understated how big it is uh, to bring him into that fold. And it is just it's kind of wild to see that the Rock and Triple H, even though, like you said, Vince is an executive chair of the board, but outwardly they got more power than he does right now. He's more they, at least they're more front facing than Vince is right now for WWE, which, again, is kind of mind blowing considering how front facing Vince was for 40 years as the face of WWE. You got Ari Emanuel, Vince McMahon, The Rock, Triple H, and Dana White all on the same team now. It's just absolutely incredible to see what is happening at TK. A lot of ego and testosterone in, the, right. in that power structure right there. <laughs> but, uh, but if they get together in the right way, a lot of money for everybody all around, and, and most importantly for the people who work there too, and for the you know the people who are independent contractors as pro wrestlers who have regular work there. Um, we only have about a minute or two left here, but uh, the one thing that a friend of mine brought up to me today, he's like, what do ratings even mean anymore? Is cable dying? Is this like is this is this the first is this the first step toward that? Uh, you know, if you can give me that in thirty seconds, Vic, what do you think? Well, it's definitely going to be something that's we're we're all going to talk about it. We're going to be able to know exactly who watches Monday Night Raw or Raw instead of saying Monday Night Raw. We're going to know who watches Raw based off of how often it's watched on the app, and then that's those are going to be the official numbers, and it's not going to be. The Nielsen ratings, which are, you know, there's a lot of flaws in that system, and there's a lot of lot of things. We're going to find out who's really watching every single night, um, and then they'll be able to watch who watches it the next day, who watches it two hours later. You know, all of that will be invaluable statistics and invaluable information for them. And we're just getting started with actually finding out the real, true viewing habits of wrestling fans right now. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this special edition of Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank uh, Vic Delicious, 
like uh, you have some uh, shows coming up with ISPW and also with um, Outlaw Wrestling, right? Yes, sir. We're the tag team champions in both places, so look them up and check us out. All right. Thanks again to Vaughn Johnson. You can catch his stuff on Wrestling Junkie. Thanks to The Goes, and thanks to Chandler for helping and Nick Tillwalk for getting this going today. Uh, you can find us every week. You know where to find us. So thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great one. 